Attention! The following podcast may contain topics not suitable for a younger audience. Also, anything discussed on this program is subject to being spoiled, so if you don't want to be spoiled, we'll try our best, but no promises. For more information on Borderline podcast episodes or Borderline panels events, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash borderlinepanels. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, how you doing today? Welcome to another episode of Borderline Podcasts. I'm Ryan. And I'm John. We are proud to introduce another segment that we came up with called TGs and VGs. That's two guys in video games. Rough idea is once a month we want to kind of sit down and just talk about recent releases for video games, upcoming releases, and a few games that we just feel like talking about. So starting off with recent releases today, I am a huge Shovel Knight fan, first of all. And I could not be more excited about the release of the Spectre of Torment DLC. So, for those of you who don't know, Shovel Knight is a retro-style game that was kickstarted by Yacht Club Games. And it centers around Shovel Knight, who is a knight that uses a shovel instead of a sword. And it's a very unique gameplay. It's almost Mega Man feeling. It's, it's the way a retro-style game is done right, because it has that feel with the modernization of good controls. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very excited when that came out. I played the heck out of that, and I beat it last night at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah, I was very pleased with the ending. It was very a lot of plot, a lot of lore behind it, and just the gameplay was easily the best they've come up with, I think, and I'm very much looking forward to the King Knight DLC due hopefully by the end of 2017. Yeah, that's a game that I've been looking at that I've been meaning to play for a while. And you said that the DLC for it is free? DLC is all free. And also, they, unfortunately for anybody who hasn't bought it yet, the game recently just went from a $15 game to a $25 game. Oh. I know, it's the worst. because, But honestly, it's worth it because you get the base Shovel Knight game, which really fun alone. You got the Plague of Shadows where you play basically through the same game as Plague Knight, but there's a few different challenges and it's just unique to see how you get through the same levels as a different person with different techniques and then there's the specter of torment which is entirely new it's a new setting it's a prequel there's new controls you play a specter knight and they're all just so good and entirely worth even more than 15 dollars like just from the start but they rebranded it as a shovel knight treasure trove because there's going to be there's four planned stories. There's the Shovel Knight, the Plague Knight, the Spectre Knight, and the King Knight. King Knight, we're speculating is an epilogue, but nobody knows for sure. They've only released like a, a gif of just the gameplay, like very, very beta, and this mm-hmm. was a while ago, so we really don't know much. But we're hoping there's going to be more. Uh, my friend Brennan and I were talking about this last night, and we're just like, I really can't believe it's going to be over after this next one because this is... Every time they come out with a new DLC, we get hyped. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that they continue it. But at the same time, we're really looking forward to seeing what Yacht Club comes out with next. Because uh, yeah. I know they have plans and they're really good so far for <laughs> a single release company. They're all former game employees of like various companies, though. So it makes sense that they did mm-hmm. it really well. But next next recent release, I know, is one you want to talk about. Mass Effect Andromeda oh, came out a gosh. couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, there, there, there was a lot of hype surrounding that. I know um, my little brother and I were really excited for it to come out, and then it got here, and we were just like, what, what, what happened? <laughs> I, all right, I understand that uh, we want equality, and we don't want to, like, ob- uh, objectivize uh, women. But, like, at the same time, you can't just make them hard to look at for the whole game. I mean, that's your character. They have to be at least okay to look at. Like, the the one they had before their day one release, like, she looked fine. It wasn't, like, over-sexual, but it wasn't, like, like totally, like, off-the-wall, what-am-I-looking-at kind of deal either. I'm not sure what happened there, but it just did not go well. And the characters didn't emote very well either. I remember I spent, like, two or three hours just antagonizing myself over the character creation just for it to go full derp on me during one of the cutscenes. And I just... I was just like, what happened? You were fine. And then all of a sudden, like, everything fell apart. You're looking, you're crossing your eyes twice in the same sentence. You were, you had a stroke at one point. It's just awful. It's- yeah, I, I heard that the person who did the animations, this was their first professional project. <laughs> so to me, I'm just like, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, and the aliens were fine. It's the humans, oddly enough, that had the most problems yeah, with that's the facial. Your, it's like, how did you not get your own race correct? <laughs> <laughs> like, we all... How did you get that wrong? <laughs> and the story is unfortunately fairly subpar. I mean, it's pretty much most of it go to this objective, hit this button kind of deal. And it's and like, you know, you kind of expect more going to a different galaxy, meeting different aliens and kind of experiencing new and different kind of challenges. But it's kind of more of the same. There's They don't really expand upon a whole lot. Yeah, one of my friends mentioned that the new aliens you meet don't trust you at all at first, and some never will. Mm-hmm. So he said for some of them, like, he really wanted to try to build a relationship, but just they will never trust you just because that's not how the race is right, wired, which makes sense, but from a gameplay stance, it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, you really want to be able to, like, befriend all the races because that seems like something you should be able to do. I mean, we're on, like, a Pathfinder mission for peace to expand the universe. That's kind, that's kind of the main core of why yeah, we're here. Yeah, exactly, and it's just kind of disappointing when it just kind of throws a wrench in that. Mm-hmm. And I, so the story just doesn't feel that great, and like the multiplayer didn't offer a whole lot of new things either. It's more of the same. I will say that jumping and the sliding added a whole lot more to combat and exploration. That made it a lot more enjoyable. And the Mako tank comes back, and it's a lot less clumsy, thank gosh, because if you've ever played the first one, you have nightmares about that stupid Mako tank. Yeah, I... I'm not a Mass Effect veteran myself. I have one and two on the PC, but they are in the bowels of my backlog. (laughs) I attempted to play one once, but it was just... I really couldn't get past how dated the gameplay was so quickly. Mm -hmm. Just, I really didn't enjoy the first section. I felt like a chore. Then when I got to the Citadel, Mm -hmm. I was just like, this place is too big. I have no (laughs) idea where the heck I'm going. One of my friends recommended, like, he said, just put on cheats and go through the story the way you want to go through it and then play two because two is amazing. And the only reason I'm playing one is for the story. And I don't want to do the comic book because Mm -hmm. I want to actually get all the tiny details. Right. Plus, I want to experience the story. I've heard it's really good. Oh, yeah. You know, up until three. (laughs) (laughs) Which color would you like to pick from? Yeah. God, I I still remember uh, one of my friends. I was over at his place a lot when Mass Effect 3 came out, and Mm -hmm. he hadn't played any of them. So he bought 1 and 2 before the launch of 3 and was playing through them. I spoiled myself because I didn't care. I was seeing outrage across the (laughs) internet, and he avoided it. Like, he stayed off the internet until he finished Mass Effect 3. Oh, no. He had no idea. Oh, no. And all of us, there were about, like, six of us in the room, like, always. We We all hung out at his place, all playing separate video games. He was playing Mass Effect. 
and when he was at three, we knew when he was at the end because we've all watched the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. He gets to that point, and we're all just like, "All right, laptops down, let's watch." <laughs> <laughs> and so he picks his color. <laughs> I don't remember what color it was, but it was the color where you kill everybody. Oh, that's probably the red one. Probably. So I love that Instagram filter. He, the cutscene plays, and it like fades to black at the most inopportune moment. And then the credits roll, and he goes, what? (laughs) And then just keeps saying what for about five minutes. Stands up, just puts his hands on his head, and is just like, I spent hundreds of hours of my life playing through this trilogy because I heard the story was so comprehensive and good, Mm -hmm. and I picked a color. He proceeded to then pick up a board game that he had on a shelf and hit himself in the head with it for about five minutes. It was the most entertaining thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, gosh. I, the only thing I can think of where I could relate to that was when I found the Alolan form of Persian because I had not spoiled anything for that game. until And so I evolved that Alolan Meowth like, oh, this is going to be like a sassy Persian. It's going to be great. And I'm just like, who put Puppet Garfield fish. into this story? I, I did not ask for this in a Pokemon game. His mouth was full. He was eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Just eating a watermelon whole <laughs> the yeah, entire okay. time. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really funny. I, I still don't know how you managed to not spoil yourself for Pokemon. Like I, I, I kept there's bits and pieces every now and then, but like you know, for the most part, it was all new stuff. I just wanted to try it once because yeah. I do that on every other game. It seems like there's certain things I'll spoil myself for, like Pokemon. I'll look at the new designs because I want to get hyped about the new Pokemon that I can collect. If they all look garbage, I'm going to be less enticed to buy the game. Mm-hmm. But you know, like plot based games, I'll. I'll basically avoid trailers entirely for I'll only look at gameplay stuff because I don't want to know anything. Yeah, I got you. But going back to uh, Andromeda real fast, uh, I did hear that a patch came out recently to fix a lot of the uh, emoting bugs and a few other things. And so I got to say, based on the screenshots I've seen, the characters look a whole lot better. The emotions look a little bit more real. And some of the characters look a whole lot less scary when their eyebrows move. It's quite fascinating. That's good, because from what I saw, uh, again, not a Mass Effect player, but I saw screenshots on the internet that I swore were made in Gary's mod. <laughs> I legitimately thought that it was another 1-800-CONTACTS-WITH-COMMANDER-SHEPHERD <laughs> thing. But then my friend told me, no, these are real screenshots. Mm-hmm. The models are bad. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Well, okay then. <laughs> I am looking forward to the memes. Oh gosh, there. F- I haven't. I haven't checked. So I haven't played it since the update came out. So I can't say from personal experience if it has improved anything or not. But I don't think that's going to be enough to help the story or the repetitive gameplay on multiplayer. Did you stop just out of frustration? I, I kind of got uh, distracted by life and like uh, I never got the incentive to play again. There's a game that actually did that for me, which we'll talk about in a second. Yep. But uh, I just haven't really had the desire to pick it up again. Yeah. He's talking about Persona 5, by the way, which is one of the no, three things. No, Breath of the Wild. Breath oh, Breath of the Wild? Of the Wild? Yeah, oh, okay, absolutely. I'm sorry. It's Persona 5 for me, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, real quick while I mention those, we're going to talk about Persona 5, Final Fantasy 15, and the Switch, parentheses, Breath of the Wild today mm-hmm. uh, for the main games. But one last recent release that I want to talk about is Kingdom Hearts 1.5 2.5. Now, real quick, this is a collection of titles from the PS2 through the PSP. It is Kingdom Hearts 1, Rechain of Memories, uh, 358 over 2 Days movie. That was a DS game. They didn't port the game itself, which mm-hmm. was understandable, but that was actually one of my favorites because it was one of the first I played. So Right, right. Shrug. <laughs> but 
It also has Kingdom Hearts 2, my absolute favorite, Birth by Sleep, and a movie for Kingdom Hearts Recoded, which was a mobile game turned into a DS game, but it's skippable. Watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Plus the movie adds a couple little scenes that make the overall story a little more clear, and it leads right into um, Kingdom Hearts 3D which is currently out on Kingdom Hearts 2.8 along with 0.2 and the Unchained movie. So right now, you can have a complete Kingdom Hearts experience on one console. Yeah, And with the release of three somewhere over the rainbow way out there, um, we'll theoretically have the complete Kingdom Hearts experience on PS4, which will be amazing because... I recently replayed Kingdom Hearts 1 on the 1.5, 2.5 collection, and it plays smoother than I've ever played it before. So it's entirely worth picking up, in my opinion, and I just love the Kingdom Hearts series. It is absolutely my favorite. And real quick thing about the naming for me, a little thing I noticed. 2.8, when that came out, everybody was really confused because it was such an odd number. Like, we had 1.5, we had 2.5. Why 2.8? Well, Nomura explained it. Nomura is the developer of the game. You got Kingdom Hearts 3D, which he dubbed 2.7. Then you got 0.2, which, you know, plus 0.2. You got 2.9, and then he dubbed... Point 0.2 was Aqua's... Uh, Aqua's story, yeah. The uh, story, which I'm not going to get into spoilers, because that is entirely... That game is an entire spoiler. Mm-hmm. So, then you got the Unchained movie, which he dubbed minus 0.1. So, you add all those together, and you get 2.8. Now, if we go by Namura math, as he directly from the horse's mouth explained <laughs> for the re- release of 2.8, 1.5 plus 2.5, 4. <laughs> we are getting Kingdom Hearts 4 before we are getting Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> and we've been waiting for like 10 plus years now. <laughs> Just a quick anecdote. But um, yeah, I highly recommend picking it up. It's it's best for like people who haven't played the series in a long time. The controls are still solid. It looks amazing. There are a couple derpy things that you notice in HD, but it's forgettable. The gameplay is still amazing. And for newcomers, you got six games on one disc. Yeah, that's the most comprehensive. I'm kind of new to the Kingdom Hearts party, but I believe that's the most comprehensive uh, set of games they've ever released. Well, Kingdom Hearts, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's the most comprehensive set of games ever released ever for a triple a title yeah that's very true uh if there's one thing i hope that comes back in uh 2.5 that's even better it would be the drifting in uh the pride lands that you can do as uh the (laughs) lion because i had so much fun with that in two it it was fun on the ps3 i haven't actually had a chance to play that one on the ps4 yet because of the new new releases that i really wanted to get done instead of playing through kingdom hearts 2 for the 12th time Understandable. Which will happen. Don't get me wrong. It's just (laughs) I'm finishing other stuff first. Mm. It'll still be there. But I guess that's a good segue to get into what we're going to discuss today. So Persona 5 came out on Tuesday of this week. Mm Mm-hmm. How have you been playing it? Uh, I I wasn't able to get it till uh, third Wednesday. I didn't get it till Wednesday, and I binge on it Wednesday night and Thursday night. And unfortunately, I've had a lot of things going on, so I haven't been able to play it as much as I'd like to. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's got it's back to that darker tone, which is more in line with the Persona series in general. Yeah. Four was kind of like a weird, lighthearted kind of comedy kind of take on it, which I loved. Persona yeah, Four yeah. is one of my favorite games, but uh, Five definitely goes back to uh, the the doom and gloom 
of this of the series in general like uh oh yeah it's the, much much darker yeah the velvet room takes on a whole different if if persona 4 was your jumping point to get into the persona series persona 5 is going to be a little bit of a shock getting yeah. into it it's kind of weird like i played i've played three and four and now five it seems to be and i, I remember the developer mentioning this three and four were basically on the opposite ends of the light spectrum mm-hmm Three was so dark yeah. and so depressing. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, every Persona game has like a color motif. Mm-hmm. Three's was blue and not like a bright sky blue. It was a dreary, like murky like, blue. Murky blue. The whole game was depressing. Mm-hmm. Like it was an amazing game. Don't get me wrong. And I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, that the plot is just. <laughs> if you're depressed, don't play this game. <laughs> Like, it's so heavy and, like, really sad at points. Mm-hmm. And then you got four, which is the color motif yellow. Yeah. There is no color brighter than yellow, <laughs> except maybe if they picked pink. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's such a good game. Like, the controls are improved. And that's the other thing about the Persona series for me. You cannot go backwards. Yeah. Once yeah. you play one of the later installments, it is ruined for you because they always consistently improve to a degree where it makes the other ones really difficult to get through. I still think if, three, if you play 5 and then go back to 3 and 4, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, but I don't think it's going to be, like, that big. I, like, compared to, like, 1 and 2, those are just fundamentally different played. My, my friend Jeff, um, a couple years ago, I was living with him at the time, he bought uh, 3 and 4 on the PSN mm-hmm. and was playing through them. He was kind of alternating. He played a chunk of three, like a lot of it, mm-hmm. and then was like, I kind of want to give four a try. So he went over to four, played through a bit of that, and then went back to three, and he's like, oh, God, this is really hard to go back to because mm-hmm. just they made so much improvements, like the stats, the social links, just the dungeon crawling in general. Yeah. And the thing with three is just like one giant tower. It is one giant tower, which honestly really actually doesn't get old somehow. Mm-hmm. Like... It may just be me, and I may have just been enthralled by the plot, but you have one dungeon for the entire thing, but it has, like, I don't remember the exact number, but it's, like... Like, traversing it doesn't seem bad, especially once you get to the later levels, thanks to the warping system they have. So yeah, yeah. That so definitely that, makes it That a lot was more nice, bearable. and it made it a lot easier, and you could go to the lower levels if you were just looking for specific items that they dropped there to complete mm-hmm. the quests, but it wasn't that much of a chore, and it has, like, 300 levels, but... They break it up into segments. You can only access certain levels on between certain dates, mm-hmm. and you unlock levels once you get past a major shadow. They had all the shadows from the from the Arcana in that game as bosses, mm-hmm. so it, it was good. Four, you have the different dungeons introduced, mm-hmm. so you go through one dungeon on a certain chunk of time. And remind me, in four, can you go back yes, to other dungeons? Yes, yes. Once you, you unlock can? a dungeon, you can always go back to it. And it's really cool because you can actually go in between dungeons within the same run. So just because okay. you leave a dungeon doesn't mean you necessarily have to leave uh, the world the, okay. uh, in general. The TV. So, yeah, the TV, the TV world. So it's kind of nice. that you, So if you're looking for specific items and then want to go and do some uh, grinding in a tougher dungeon, you can totally do that and not have mm-hmm. to worry about being penalized. Oh, and I forgot, between three and three had like a fatigue system going yeah, on, yeah, which kind of limited how long you could uh, dungeon crawl and grind. Your characters would get tired, and if they were tired the chances of them hitting were lower. Like, you would miss a lot more. And, and they were more would, susceptible to, like, status ailments. And... More susceptible to status. You would get knocked down easier, and you would take a lot more damage. So it essentially forced you to stop. Yeah. But later on in the game, that basically went away. And there are certain days in 3 where the fatigue is just not a thing. You mm-hmm. can grind as much as you need, mm-hmm. which is nice. But 
in a game where time is limited, a fatigue system is a pain in the butt. Yeah. Like four and five, you can do the dungeons in a single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only done the first dungeon in five so far, and I just decided I'm just going to keep going until I don't feel like going anymore. Mm-hmm. And that never happened. Like, oh, wow. I ran into, I think, maybe three mini bosses. And I just kept wanting to keep going because I was really enjoying the dungeon. And mm-hmm. playing as a Phantom Thief, is it's really cool. It's such a cool system. Uh, Five introduced a stealth element where if you get detected by a shadow, um, an alarm level goes up. And if it gets too high, you get thrown out of the dungeon for the day. But you can lower it as you go along by surprising enemies. And it's a lot easier than it sounds. Like, the stealth element is very well done it makes it easy for you it's not difficult there are challenges but they're not impossible to overcome on your first try you just have to be patient you have to think Mm -hmm. and the story so far i just got past the first plot point i've been really busy i have in my classes this semester i have four projects (laughs) oh gosh so yeah i don't have that much time for video games but i i try to make time just because it's how i really stress Mm -hmm. so where i've gotten so far the story is really good it's a weird mix of the light elements of four and the dark elements of three Mm -hmm. like it strikes a fairly good balance like the environment is really nice it's more lighthearted, but then the the story elements are like whoa yeah they're dark like they seem like in the previous persona installments from what i've seen with the exception well we'll include four it seems like it's the like the world is turning on itself, like the actual world you're in. Like there's yeah. always like the shadow world or like alternate world that's kind of like well, messing three, with the current world. Three, it was literally the god of death coming, mm-hmm. and that's why the shadows are appearing. So it was literally the darkest you could possibly get. And then four, I don't exactly remember. I can't really explain why they were coming. Basically, if things happened in the TV world, uh, things would happen in the real world, and people were getting killed because of they would get their would be thrown into the TV and would be murdered there after like a rainy day. Yeah. So um, it, it's so it's still kind of the world turning on itself, but a much lighter take on that. Yeah. Uh, with and the fa- plot never got to like, oh my god, why am I playing this? I just feel so sad right now. Yeah, it, it never got like really heavy. There were some there were some points of urgency, but it never got like heavy there weren't there wasn't a whole lot of like social issues it touched on or or not not for serious not seriously and not for very long anyway yeah yeah but in five it feels like it, it's looking more at the at the state of the world and some of the more uh, social issues that are kind of pressing and maybe some like real world problems that uh we kind of come across and that yeah. because of just how twisted some of these human beings are is creating these alternate worlds and dimensions that are causing havoc yeah yeah and that, like I'm interested to see. I got past the first the first dungeon, and the dungeons in this one are caused by people's perceptions in their hearts. And they have I haven't gotten into much detail yet into the game as to how those are formed, and I haven't even found the second one yet. So mm-hmm. I don't know who the next one's going to be, or rather how it was formed based on what they think. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, but like I, I'm I'm in. Like I'm all in with this game. It's really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I personally myself I'm a little worried that the stealth element may slow the game down and make it a little harder at times. And again, I'm I'm kind of in his boat. I haven't even gotten past the first dungeon. I kinda got stuck after the first mini boss because I got got several cheap shots at four in the morning <laughs> and I just had to put it down. Yeah, you when when you're playing a hard game at four in the morning, just put it down and go play some Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> like you're going to get frustrated. You're going to make 
you're going to make mistakes that in a game that is so heavy focused on the long run, mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes that you're going to later regret. So just put the game down and play something that isn't going to have long-term effects. Mm-hmm. So, so far I've been enjoying it a lot and I really do like the story and I really hope the gameplay doesn't get in the way of that. That remains to be seen. But uh, so far, definitely worth your time and it's it's, it's, it's good so far. Yeah. And uh, have you watched any of the uh, animations for it? I have seen some of Persona 4, the animation. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've watched the first two movies of 3, and 3 and 4, the third movie and fourth movie of 3. It's kind of hard to explain. (laughs) Um, Came out, one came out last year and one came the year before, and Mm -hmm. I somehow missed that. Oh. They kind of, those movies kind of flew under the radar, Mm. but I'm going to try to seek them out and and watch them because... I really like the movie adaptations of three and I love the plot of three as a whole. It's probably my favorite so far. I haven't finished five yet, obviously, but I'm about (laughs) 10 hours in, Mm. but initial thoughts. The only problem I have, there's always activities to do, whether it be social links or just raising your stats. There are so many places that you can go to raise your stats or do a social link. It's almost too much. (laughs) Like, I can't figure out, like, I really want to try to do a max social link run on my first run. Probably not going to happen, but I want to try. It's really difficult to do if you can't max your stats, and it's really difficult to figure out how to max your stats if there's too much to do, because it's like, oh, maybe this one raises it more. Nope, that's less. Okay, I just wasted a day. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of irritating, but it's not bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I recommend doing a little light reading, just like, here's some recommended things that you may not know because the game doesn't tell you. Right. So, like, I would have never known that I could go to the library unless this thing I said, I read, told me, go to the library, check out oh, books. Oh, really? Because they mentioned that in the game. That, that's one of the first, like, yeah, go to the library, check out some books. I didn't take it seriously. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, because it didn't, it didn't <laughs> imply that reading will increase your stats. Wait, you, you played four, didn't you? Yeah, but it's been a while. Well, yeah, you could do that, too. In four, you could read books, and uh, they would also increase your stats, or better yet... Uh, it would increase your proficiency at reading. So it would make future books you read go even faster. So instead of yeah. getting like one tick, you get two. So I don't know if proficiency is a thing in this one. And I do remember that it, now that you're mentioning it. Yeah, so like it's definitely a thing. And I'm sure Persona 5 will have something along those lines as well. Because, I mean, they have books that will give you like access to more uh, quick travel points, which admittedly isn't great, but it's still nice. Yeah. So I'm sure they have some, they'll have stuff like that in there. But uh, what I like about 5 that 4 didn't have a lot of is that like... You have a lot of time you can do with, like, in the morning or, like, kind of at lunch or whatnot. That uh, you could do some things with Persona 4. Like, you could go to lunch with some of your classmates and try to improve your social links with them. Yeah. But, like, with 5, you have to take the subway train to go to school. And so now you get a, a free action to, like, read and just get a little thing going. The there, only thing is, nice. like, that's not a consistent thing. It's random days that you might be able to read. Really? Yeah, it's not every day. Oh, that's sad. It's like, I, from what I've noticed, only if you manage to get a seat and are not standing in the subway, which is predetermined. So oh. you can't read every day. If you could read every day, that would be fantastic, but it also probably would be a little too easy. Well, that, that okay. But still, I like that I like that. that's a feature that you can use every now yeah, and then. I do so too. you kind of get like every now and then a free action. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm really liking it so far. They've done a really good job. And did you pick up the Steelbook? The Steelbook? I did not. Oh. Uh, I picked up the day one steel book and it just, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and, um, one of our friends, our, our friend Tori, actually, she was on uh, an episode a couple, a couple weeks ago, probably at this point of the posting, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> she picked up the take your heart edition and it comes with 
a plush of Morgana the cat. Oh, really? Yeah, it comes with the steelbook. It comes with the soundtrack. It comes with a bag. Oh, wow. And I'm probably missing something, but just it's so worth it. It's one of the best collector's editions. I'm kicking myself for not having pre-ordered. But at the time, I didn't think I would be able to afford it. And then I came into some money, so I could. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's again, it's really good. Yeah. So first impressions seems really good. Have a few concerns here and there. But for the most part, I'm having a blast. Yeah. So next on the docket, uh, recently, Final Fantasy 15 just released its first major DLC. Oh, yeah. Episode Gladiolus. Mm Mm-hmm. So what that is, is that's a side story focusing on Gladio. Um in the middle of the story itself, I think it takes place around chapter 11 or 13. I can't remember which. It's around there, though. And they, they recommended, like, play through the story at least until here uh, before you play this. Otherwise, you might get spoiled. Mm-hmm. But I know you picked that up. I haven't bought the season pass yet because I'm slow and I have massive game ADD. <laughs> so even though I picked up Final Fantasy 15 at launch, I have not finished it yet. I'm right. only on, like, Well, it's okay. Neither have I. I think I'm only, like, chapter 8 or 9. And that's because I spent way too much time grinding for levels. I did not do that. I just have <laughs> ADD and go on to other things if I get, like, burnt out on something. That mm. and finals happened. Yeah, that, that's fair. The time Final Fantasy 15 came out, it was, like, right around finals time. And mm-hmm. I'm a senior in college, so... Thankfully, next year by this time, I'll just be like, oh, I was at work and then came home and played video games and didn't have to worry about projects. Yeah, there you go. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I never I never finished it. I picked it up again recently because I heard that episode Gladio was coming out and I do want to buy the season pass once I eventually finish the game. Mm. But Persona 5 now got in the way of that. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like the world does not want me to play Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> but I'm going to say no world. I will play this game because it is really good. Yeah, I, I remember when it first came out, like, I, I was just so hyped because I watched the movie. What was it? The, the King Shield? The King... Uh, Kingsglaive. Kingsglaive. And uh, I was just like, whoa, this is... This is really good for an animated movie. Just, it was just so good. Just, just on a uh, artistic standpoint, it was just oh, yeah. beautiful. And then the story was good. Uh, Luna Frey is an idiot, but oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, like it's really, really, it's a really good movie. And yeah. then the fact that it leads straight into the beginning of the game was just like so beautifully done. And like as I kept playing the game, like I'm just like. It's still hype. Like I kept finding more and new, exciting things about it, and it just kept getting better and better. And so it's it, it was really nice. Yeah. On on the fact though that you mentioned Luna's an idiot, <laughs> it's kind of weird. In Kingsglaive, yeah, she's an idiot, but in the game itself, she seems to be like relatively kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't really have that much to do with the move, the game. Sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna tone this down a lot because there are a lot. There was a lot more colorful language involved <laughs> with this. But I was watching, um, I was watching Kingsglaive with my roommate T. Mm-hmm. And he, he and I were looking at each other and we're just like, why is Luna doing this? Specifically at the scene where stuff's already gone down and she is she turns to Knox mm-hmm. and is just like, I do not fear death. And then, and then just like, jumps out like, of yeah, the car. Like, what was that? And we're just like, you might want to. <laughs> like... You might want to fear death a little bit. Just, just a bit. Just, you're, you're only like one of the main characters like, right now. Yeah, like she's very pivotal and very important to the world not dying. Yeah, for real. But we're just like, you may not want to do that. There's there's not fearing death and there's being stupid and literally trying to kill yourself when there's an easier way. Yeah. And then, and then later on, after having stated she does not fear death, is running from 
this guy for her life looking as scared as I've ever seen anybody. And I'm just like, what was that you said like five minutes ago? Mm, not fearing death? You're a liar. <laughs> just like, not nah. Great movie, but like, God, I could not stand her in that movie. Yeah, I, I like her in the game, but Yeah, oh she my seems God. to be better in the game, but the movie, I just, mm. But she was so bad. So yeah, so uh, while I haven't beaten the game, I have seen the ending. I was I watched a friend beat it. So I, I have not. Kind of, and, so I, yeah. I ain't gonna I'm not gonna say anything about the ending for anybody who hasn't played it. But uh, I will say I know what happens. So I kind of know how the story kind of develops. Mm-hmm. But so uh, I I feel like I could get into uh, Gladio's story and not miss too too much about what's going on. So I'm really excited for it. Like it seems like it has a little bit more. Uh, uh, combat options available like it seems like he was using like a statue to attack people in one of the trailers for the for the game so it'll be really interesting to see more of each character's backstory and just how they got to be there or yeah. just just to get to know them better on a personal level because we really only get to see them either one-on-one with noctis or together all interacting in the group there are, there's also the ovas um i think those are still available in country roll i'm not entirely sure i watched them like way back when they first came out mm-hmm. like way before the game even released I think it was actually about a year ago at this time that they released those. Oh, really? Yeah, roughly. So it's been it's been a while. Um, they could be up, they could not. If if not, find them elsewhere. But <laughs> you could probably find them on Crunchyroll. Those delve into in each character's individual backstories a little bit, like just bits and pieces. And I still find it hilarious that Prompto was a fatty. <laughs> <laughs> like, this slim guy who's just rolling around taking pictures was like... <laughs> He he was really heavy. It's just it's a really funny contrast to me. And like I'm honestly looking forward to Prompto's episode the most because he's he's my favorite. Uh yeah. That... But um funniest thing for me, like you know Prompto takes photographs in the middle of like anything, mm-hmm. like even in the middle of battle. Like, sure, why not? The funniest thing to me, I was raiding a base and a character jumps down out of the sky and is like really imposing looking. She was a dragoon. And if you know the Final Fantasy series, they're, like, terrifying. And everybody is just, like, huh. they all stop and, like, take a step back. And they're, like, whoa, hold on. We got to – let's regroup and what we got to do about this. Mm-hmm. I beat her. I go along. And then I eventually go to sleep. And I notice on Prompto's freaking camera roll, <laughs> there is a picture of this woman coming down. <laughs> so I'm just, like, Prompto, in the middle of this very tense moment – where your lives might be at risk, did you just stop and go, <gasps> I think it was more of just sun silence and he just naturally just kind of moved the camera. I just have like a little headcanon of Prompto with like mouth gaped open, just slowly raises the camera <laughs> yeah, exactly. and takes a picture. <laughs> and then continues to fight. But it's just like, really? Like, <laughs> what compelled you? Oh God, this this person might kill us. We probably <laughs> We probably should fight her too. Oh my God. <laughs> by the way for any listeners anytime i make a noise that's me taking a photo with this prompto <laughs> but um yeah I-, I love him he's he's such a funny character but but there- yeah gladio story looks like it's going to be yeah. really really good and i can't wait to see how it plays and it, what just what exactly it's going to be in there and what it explores upon as, on gladio's character yeah another another story i have about prompto actually um you know how the random have like essentially social link conversations yeah. where you can get more one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to get, get on with the story at one point and we were resting at a motel and Prompto just kind of comes up to me and is like, I really want to talk to you. And he's like getting super personal. I'm just like, this is taking really long. <laughs> and I was just like, Prompto, I love you and you're my child, but 
we want to get on with the story. Can we do this later? <laughs> and I like didn't want to just be like, I'm done, go away, because I didn't know if that would have any negative impact. So I sat through this like 15 minute long dialogue of them just getting deep with each other. And then I was like, cool feature, horrible timing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really enjoying it though. I really like that the combat is more open and not mm-hmm. turn based. And it's really unique and it's kind of more resembling Kingdom Hearts actually. Yeah, I really like the warp strike the warp strike feature. That yeah. make, that makes combat very, very fluid and gives you mm-hmm. a lot of options. And the fact that you can just pull weapons out of the ether. Yeah, oh that's so nice. It's yeah. so nice. And like it, it makes sense that it's more like that because mm-hmm. uh Tetsuya Nomura is the developer, the the lead programmer of Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. He was also the lead design programmer. He took the reins of this project of Final Fantasy Fifteen, which initially I think like eight, nine years ago mm-hmm. was known as Final Fantasy versus 13. <laughs> and it was actually supposed to be coming out before Final Fantasy 13. Oh, wow. Really? And we all know how much they milked that episode. <laughs> so it was, it, it's kind of funny to me. Like I still, I still refer to it jokingly as versus 13 because me and my friends were all looking forward to it when that was first the thing. Mm-hmm. Then we were just like waiting. And then when we saw the trailer that, changed it from versus 13 into 15 mm-hmm. we were like huh yeah that was a thing awesome i'm excited <laughs> and yeah it, it's really good like i highly recommend the game mm-hmm. for any it, and they put it on the splash screen a final fantasy for first timers and fans oh yeah because it's, it's nothing like final fantasy has ever made uh ever i don't think yeah no the only the, the only grab really have about that is uh weight mode that's the biggest thing weight mode is weight mode is dumb weight mode is it's explained in the beginning, and then you never have to use it. Yeah, so it's just... It's, it's just... also a pain to use, because you literally have to physically go into the options, mm-hmm. instead of just pushing a button and triggering weight mode. Yeah, it, it's like it's kind of like bats done wrong, in my opinion. I agree, yeah. So, yeah, so and so the weight mode and the whole weight mode uh, skill tree is just kind of like dead weight, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So just to summarize our thoughts on Final Fantasy XV, it's a fantastic game with... Tons of character, great story, great gameplay. Just a lot to offer in general. Yeah, it's got everything. Like, it's it's definitely a must-buy if you own a PS4 or even a <clears throat> Xbox One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that cough was intentional. Um, yeah, I... I yeah, moving on, to, yeah, moving on to the Switch, I won't talk about why I dislike the Xbox One right now. Um, but, yeah, so the Switch came out in March, at, which is about... Maybe a month at this point. I think it, yeah, March 3rd is when it launched. Mm -hmm. I remember I stood in line and waited until midnight to get mine. It was a cold day that day. I remember very well. It was freezing. It was absolutely (laughs) freezing. And I was standing in line with my Zelda-themed 3DS playing all the classic uh, Game Boy Zeldas. I was playing Link's Awakening, uh, both the Oracle games, just here and there, whatever I felt like at the time. Mm -hmm. And we just waited. We talked with the people around us. We were all excited. And, yeah, then I got my Switch, went home, set up your Elgato, <laughs> and streamed it for about five hours that day, <laughs> which sucked because I was running an event at UNCG the next day. Oh, I'm, God. You know, I'm the event coordinator for the uh, UNCG Gaming and Esports, or I won't be very, for very long because I'm graduating, but um, we ran a gameathon, which was a benefit for the SPCA, where we crammed a bunch of gamers and streamers into one room and just played games and promoted and... It was a whole bunch of fun, but I was so tired the next day. Oh man, I don't blame you, man. It was entirely worth it. So, so the biggest question for me, because I wasn't initially planning on buying it, I hadn't pre-ordered it. 
So uh, I still don't know how you got one. If I you didn't pre-order. I got really lucky, and our Best Buy is fantastic. I will say that. Shout but, out to Best Buy. <laughs> but uh, so even though I hadn't pre-ordered it, I had gotten in line early enough that I could just purchase it and move on. So That's lucky. Yeah. So for a while, I had been questioning: Was it worth buying an entirely new console for the new Breath of the Wild game because it was coming out for Wii U too? So was it worth it? After going through it, I can now say with confidence that it was totally worth buying a whole new console for this game. Absolutely. I put, I'm put. i pretty much done with Breath of the Wild at this point because I've done everything that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I put 105 hours into it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So entirely worth it. Just entirely new Zelda experience. The Switch itself, tablet mode is really fun to like be able to take it portably. Mm-hmm. I went and showed it off to my friend uh, <laughs> couple nights later when we were watching the walking dead at his place and he was just like that's absolutely fantastic that you're playing a 720p game which by modern resolutions that's pretty whatever but it mm-hmm. still looks fantastic oh like, yeah there's nothing to, to turn your head at mm-hmm. and like nintendo has proven time and again that graphics don't make good games right so nintendo's never going to strive for like 4k resolution on their consoles because <laughs> it's unnecessary mm-hmm. but Docked mode, everything looks fantastic. I played it on my uh, computer monitor, which is a 1080p BenQ, for the first five hours. And then I played it mostly mobile for the rest of the time, just because mm-hmm. I was always on the go. And I just picked it up whenever I could. It's it's a game that allows that, too, because mm-hmm. the puzzles are so short. Like the shrines, you can go do a couple shrines, turn off the game, go somewhere else, and pick it up again if you want. Yeah, and then going in between docking mode and tablet mode is just so quick and painless. effortless. It's amazing. Absolutely painless. And they uh, I actually had an issue with one of my Joy-Cons. Um, I realized the little the little notch that uses it to hold it in mm-hmm. had a little chip on it. Oh no. So when I tried to if I put too much pressure on my left side, it would it would pop out. Oh. But I took a little poxy and just put it in there and made the square hole again. <laughs> so um, that was actually something that I was struggling with for a little bit because if I was just kind of freehanding it, gravity would take effect and mm-hmm. pop it out sometimes. Right. It was kind of annoying, but it's now since working perfectly. And I've heard of a couple people having like catastrophic issues. with. Oh, yeah. I've, I've... But all of my friends were just like... I'm sorry, that sucks for you. Yeah, but we, I mean, we are all having a ball with it. Like, oh yeah, we created a group chat where we realized that this game was designed intentionally to be more like games of old, where you would find something cool, and then run to the schoolyard and tell your friends about it. <laughs> we utilized Facebook for that. We basically <laughs> would find something awesome in the game and then go onto the group chat and be like, "Oh my god, this is so cool! Look at what I found!" and it's just a great feeling to have. Like, mm-hmm. without even being a multiplayer game, the Switch is a very social console. Oh, yeah. Like, you can go play it in the middle of Friends and, like... I'll Didn't never... we both bring ours to uh, TriadCon for a while? Yeah, we yeah. did. <laughs> I remember people were coming up to me and they're like, oh, is that a Switch? Because that was launch weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, like, people were just like, oh, my God, you have a Switch. And I was like, yeah, I have a Switch. Don't touch it. <laughs> I actually sold, um, I went to the flea market and set up a booth there. I actually sold two things uh, because I said to anybody, I was playing my Switch as I was selling. And I was like, anybody who buys something gets to play my Switch for five minutes. <laughs> like, so many people were just like, what's the cheapest thing you have? <laughs> so I made like 10 bucks just by having a Switch. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was really funny. 
And, um, oh, but speaking of the social aspect of it, I think it's cool that, um, as you said, like it's it's you find something cool and you want to share it with friends. Like for example, you've beaten the game, so you know pretty much yeah. all there was to it. Yeah. But um, at the time, like I had just gone to the shrine that had the flowers around it, and I know you had <laughs> beaten it before. And for those of you who don't know, if you keep treading on the flowers when she tells you not to, eventually she just gets really mad and she just goes starts tr- just starts trampling through the flowers and then beats the crap out of you until you have a quarter heart left. She drops you if you're no matter what you're at. She drops you to a quarter heart. It's so funny. And I, that just came out of left field. And, and Ryan, and you had already seen, you already beaten this I dungeon. Had, I had done that shrine and I had like managed to get through it without touching the flowers more than like twice. So I didn't know this was a thing. He accidentally did it four times. And then we just see this and we're both dying in the <laughs> middle of the con. We're just looking at a switch and it laughing. It's like 10 o'clock so at night and yeah. we're laughing like hyenas in like the we middle waiting. of the food court. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think we were actually waiting in line to get into uh, John. No, 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 no. We were, no. We were at the uh, square table right outside the cafe. Oh, you're right. Yep. You're right. That was the, that was a different day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the portability of it is just, it's so, it's something I didn't even realize that I wanted. Yeah, right? It's so convenient. I, I it's just, it's so cool because then if I get tired, I can just take it to bed and then just put it aside when I'm done. Like, Absolutely, it's great. yeah. So, um, so let's I guess move on to Breath of the Wild for a little bit, which so, we've pretty much been talking about anyways. Yeah. So, like for me, I I, I love it. Like it's one of the, it's one of the few games that I can remember in recent history that just made me addicted to it. Like I just have to come back. I have to keep going. See what's next. Yeah. Every and, so often, like when you have as many games as I do. You run into just a lot of games that are just either bad or, or just, just okay. They're, meh. Yeah, they're not great, but they're not terrible. Like, I'd never see myself, I never am brought back. I never really want to go back and play it. Mm-hmm. And then every so often, a game comes along like this. For me, it was Undertale last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just, I fall in love with games again. Yeah. Like, I, I always go through a period where I, like, try to get through my backlog, and I always find a bunch of crappy games and I never want to go back to them. And then I just find this one game that's just like, what can I play next that I really want to also fall in love with as much as this? Which mm-hmm. probably leads to bad expectations. <laughs> but it's just, it reminds me why I love gaming when I come across a game like this. Mm-hmm. Just immediately I was hooked. The open world, it just throws you right in. Can we, yeah, let's just talk about the opening for a second. For yeah. me... Breath of the Wild was like No Man's Sky done right, where they just drop you in with no explanation. You get, you kind of get a feel for the world. But what it does that it, the other game kind of fails at uh, is good menu system. Like when you go to the menu, yeah. it pauses, it lets you take your time. You can eat food to immediately restore your health. That if you is need to. A finished like, game. Like, like, yeah, like it, it felt, it felt good. It felt polished. You had a menu system and a good inventory system. Well, yes, had limited inventory capacity. But you can expand upon it, and you find that you go through them so fast, it's not really that big of an issue. Yeah. And, and uh, also, like, it at least explains you the lore of the land at a certain point. Once you get far enough, mm-hmm. it at least gives you a little backstory that you can hold on to that you can di- just take a bite and digest. Yeah. No Man's Sky kind of just left you hanging for most of the game. We, we need to eventually do a podcast where we just talk about games that just did not follow through on the hype and That's, that one is top of the list for yes us. For, for real yeah but um yeah so i like how it started i think the uh the weapon durability and the armor and the uh, shield durability was a, a shock i wasn't prepared for it that it was it is an adjustment and 
there are still times that I absolutely hate it mm-hmm. because I really I have a lot of good weapons at this point. Yeah, and I don't want to use them. Yeah, they'll break. Exactly, exactly. But I like it because it's kind of refreshing. Because with with almost every Zelda entry, once you get a sword, with the exception, the only one I can think of is the big Goron sword. And whatever that golden sword is called from Majora's Mask before you temper it and make gilded it permanent. Sword. Yeah, the gilded sword. Yeah. Those are the only two ones they have to worry about, like, breaking. For the side from that, once he gets the master sword, it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm done finding weapons kind yeah. of deal. So it's nice that it's kind of like you're always l- looking for stuff. You're never, like, completely satisfied because stuff is always breaking. You're breaking it on either, like, rocks or puzzles or enemies or, God forbid, yeah. you just try to jump on a shield and fall off a cliff and <laughs> just die. But <laughs> look, up, look up death compilations. They are some oh, of the funniest I, I, things. Shield, like, shield surfing fails are hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shield surfing, that's another thing, actually. Oh, yeah. It's, the, one, of the, it's one of the most fun additions Granted, it's to me. I didn't really do much of it until I got the Hylian shield, which is like end game for me. Well, yeah. Well, really, once you get like any metal shield, it's like a no brainer. Yeah, honestly, shield surfing does affect the durability. Like it will go down once you're um, once you're surfing, and if you're using like a pot lid, which yes, that is actually a shield. It's called a pot <laughs> lid. Um, it'll break really quickly, mm-hmm. and certain shields can catch on fire. Like you know, the Deku shield or the pot lid. Well, yeah, I'm talking like the Deku shield from like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think the, the the shield surfing was one of those things that we 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 never asked for, but it's nice to have. That's what this game did a lot of. It's like it gave us the system in general as well. It gave you so much that you didn't ask for because you didn't know you wanted it. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's a huge marketing principle in general. Like you don't ask people what they want. I mean, sure you do, but you also think about what they would probably find cool and give them what they're not asking for. And then they'll realize, wait, yeah, I definitely want this. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Which is what this game basically did. Like the only major gripe, I had three major gripes about this game, which gave it a 9.7 instead of a 10 for me. Right. One, you cannot pet the puppers. (laughs) Yeah. I am so upset. (laughs) Like go back real quick to shovel Knight. Uh Uh-huh. Spectre of Torment, I found last night, there is a new enemy called a Mimic Hat, mm-hmm. which is a cat mixed with a Mimic, like mm-hmm. the chest. Mm-hmm. There's one in the overworld that you can walk up to and press down, and he will start petting the cat. <laughs> it is the most precious thing ever. Well, the Spectre of Death petting this adorable <laughs> little cat. And then Breath of the Wild, so much more production value. Mm-hmm. Not saying anything bad about Shovel Knight, but just so much more production value. Triple mm-hmm. A title. So much anticipation. You can befriend dogs by standing next to them, but you cannot press A to pet them. You can feed them. You That's always satisfying. Them, but why can you not just press A and have a small animation where Link pats the dog on the head? That'll, that, be, that'll be the DLC coming out in the <laughs> Doggo <laughs> DLC. I, w- I would buy that. Like, <laughs> I-, I would buy it. Like, It's just such a major gripe to me because I'm like, you don't bond by standing next to a dog. You bond with a dog by petting it and rubbing its belly. I mean, they got it right with the horses. I'm I'm not sure why they... Yeah, exactly. And that's when I'm like, you knew that this was a thing. Mm -hmm. You could have done this with dogs. Mm -hmm. Totally minor gripe. But my other major gripe is with the Koroks. I am the biggest fan of Koroks. Mm -hmm. When I played... Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game. To be tested by this game, actually. Oh. Um, I never say anything's my favorite before it's been out for at least a year because it could be just initial, like, new game shock that I just love it mm-hmm. and then doesn't really stand the test of time. <laughs> I think this one will, mm-hmm. but I'm not judging it for a year. Right. But Wind Waker, 
My absolute favorite characters in that are the Koroks. I just love them. They're adorable. They're funny. Makar is just... I love the Wind Temple because of him. <laughs> I don't know exactly why. I just fell in love with those characters. Mm -hmm. And so finding out they were going to be in Breath of the Wild, I was really excited. And then I found out they're puzzles. Oh, yeah. 900 of them. Yeah. And... For some reason, you only need what you use them for is you get Korok seeds by solving a puzzle. You trade in the Korok seeds to the big Korok named Hetsu, and he'll expand your inventory, he'll whether it's weapons, bows, or yeah. shields. And he needs a very he needs an increasing amount every time he expands a slot of one type, be mm -hmm. it bow, shields, or swords. And that's cool. That's a good way to do it. But you need four hundred and forty-one Koroks. To oh max God! All of the I slots. thought it was like a hundred something, but four hundred. Oh no, I have a hundred something. I have like a hundred and sixty. Oh my on. God! And the puzzles are mindless. Yeah, like, you'll eventually figure out where a Korok puzzle is if you see like just an ominous circle of rocks that's missing one. Fill in the missing one, you get a Korok seed. Or just go to the top of the mountain. You're sure to find. Yeah, one of you them find there. a rock, pick it up. There's a Korok under it. Or in some of the ice areas, melt the ice, there's a Korok thing there. Incidentally, with the rock Koroks, I find that I pick them up, I always drop them on top of their head, just Same. to let them know how bad they've been. <laughs> then, they make, then they make this adorable little squeal, and they're like, oh no, watch out! You you but, know what you did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I love the Koroks as characters, but... Yeah, the puzzles were a little... From a completionist standpoint, that's, this that's game murder. is not worth it. That's and murder. I love completing games, but I refuse to do that. Yeah. I And I found out, like, because... I decided I wasn't going to do it. So I looked into it and I found out the reward is like a medal, basically. Hmm? You get a medal that basically just that's says, it? that's it. It just says, you did it. Good job. And I was like, cool, not doing that. <laughs> I can't blame you. Yeah. I, what I, completion wise, I completed all the shrines. I got all, I got all of the uh, equipment maxed out. And I got the compendium completely filled. Mm. So, to me, that's enough. Play the game, do all the shrines, that is totally worth it. You get the classic Link garb. Then, do do all the dungeons, beat the game, do the compendium if you want to. Mm -hmm. I just did that because I still wanted to play, and it was easy enough. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. At least finish all the shrines and finish the main plot. That is, yeah. that is the best way to do this game. That will eat a lot of time. Which you won't even just be looking for shrines. You'll be exploring, having fun, just and that, side quests. I think that's the biggest thing this game has to offer is like true open world exploration. Because a lot of the games like Final Fantasy XV or some better ones like Just Cause or Dying Light, they also offer a lot of like you can like climb buildings and explore stuff. With Just Cause, I think it's a little bit more because you have like a grapple hook that's central to like the gameplay mechanics. Yeah. But like you can't really like truly explore stuff like you can in Breath of the Wild. If it's there, with the exception of going outside of the map boundaries, you can yeah. climb it. Like, even on a rainy day, you have to be determined, may have to go through, go through some food, <laughs> but you can climb it. Like, you, like anywhere, you can go just about anywhere you want to go. And so when you go from Breath of the Wild to something else, like Final Fantasy XV, we discovered when we were hanging out that one time, <laughs> you can't just go there. And, like, even if you can, the developers put in, like, invisible walls. So, like, well, yes, technically you should be able to make it there. The game won't let you. And that's always frustrating for me. Quick tangent about that, actually. John and I were hanging out a couple weeks ago when I picked up Final Fantasy 15 again after having played Breath of the Wild for 100 plus hours. First thing I did, I had saved on top of a campground, which are most of the time on top of rocks or mm -hmm. small mountains. First thing I did, I ran off the edge and jumped and tried to pull out the sailcloth and <laughs> fell and died. <laughs> First thing. 
Oh my so god, was that was like, so funny. <laughs> immediately I was just like, well, this is going to be an adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I tried to climb a cliff face and I was like, oh, well, I guess I can't do that either. So it's just, it's just done so well that it kind of just puts a lot of other exploration games, like, just it makes them all pale in comparison. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I'll, if any other titles try to go for open exploration, they kind of adopt this model just because it's so freeform. Because, like... I, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't really care about your story or your world you created. I just want to explore and go to places where I want to go. Yeah. And, like, getting back on that, my last major gripe was the story. Yeah. It was not there. There was a few memories here or there, that flashback, that give you a nice character development. But I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Like, those few little bits were not enough. I really wanted to see more because I thought the characters had a lot of potential. But... They weren't fully used. Mm-hmm. So those were my three major gripes with the game. And we may get more with the DLC. I hear they have like a no, whole new story coming out in I think like December. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I hope they fix that. But like, I, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know either. I'm hoping that, again, it kind of goes more to that character development side of things. Because yeah. they, they kind of, I wouldn't say they shoveled that aside, but that just didn't seem to be the focus of this no, game. No, the focus of this game was definitely not the story, mm-hmm. which it's totally fine. The yeah, game, like, the game is still fantastic. I will say, like, the, the final fight was, like, built up really, really well, and then just kind of fell flat. I felt like that was a cur- pretty awkward note to end the game on. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time here, so we both agree wholeheartedly that the Switch and Zelda are worth picking up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the common complaints with the Switch right now is that the game library is very thin. That's true. Mm-hmm. However, there's one game that I recommend pick up. It's digital download only. It's called Snipper Clips. It is oh, the most yeah, unassuming yeah, yeah. puzzle game that you can play with a friend, and it is just, it's so much fun. Like, I didn't think it would be fun. My friend Tyler told me, you need to pick up this game because it just legitimately is, and it's only 20 bucks. I played it, bought it. Yeah, it's so much fun. And it, it's it's a great way to, twist, to test the Switch hardware mm-hmm. and to test the individual Joy-Con controllers because the Joy-Cons can be both used as a controller individually. But... We wanted to touch on some upcoming releases, uh, not just specifically for the Switch, but for the Switch on the 28th, we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is a collector's edition, essentially, or game of the year edition, more accurately, Mm -hmm. of Mario Kart 8. It comes with the base game and all the DLC um, for the Switch. I'm getting it. I think it's worth it because of the portability Mm -hmm. and the Wii U is a dead console now. Yeah. So... I think it's worth it, and that'll be the second major Nintendo game that's going to be out on the Switch. We have ARMS coming out later in the year, but we surprisingly still haven't gotten a release date, even though they said it's going to be quarter two. It's sometime relatively soon. It's going to be before summer. That's all we know. Yeah, hypothetically. They could they could change that in like a month, but as of right now, quarter two, 2017. So. I guess they didn't want to overreach. I don't know. Right. Then later in the year, we've got... Is that um, fun, man? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later in the year, we've got Splatoon 2, and I played the beta for that, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I kept trying to get onto that, and I kept missing the times, either uh, with work or people I, I, hanging I waited. out with. I only got in, like, two times, but it's a lot of fun. I played the original one, but I was never too into it. Quick notes on that. You said Sniper Rifle was crap. Sniper uh, Rifle was crap. But the roller got a little bit of a range attack, so it's kind of yeah. a little bit better now. Yeah, the roller's even better than it was. And are the double pistols broken? I heard from uh, Michael that the double pistols were, like, really, really good. especially They're like that. really good. They're not broken. Okay. Um... Nothing in that game is really broken. Like, you can kill people who are using those weapons just as easily, like, as any other person. It's just, It really depends on your play style, and that's what I really like about it so far, and I'm very excited to play it when it actually comes out and give it a full review. Okay. But we also have Mario Odyssey coming in December, 
So that alone, that's like, what, four or five games that I just listed. And we haven't even touched on Fire Emblem. I haven't touched on Fire Emblem Warriors, which, <laughs> surprising I didn't touch on that because I love it. <laughs> I love Fire Emblem, and I loved Hyrule Warriors. So those two together, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. I fell on the ground when I saw that was coming. <laughs> um, there's just there's a lot of other games that we'd be here for another 20 minutes if we discussed all of them. Yeah. But the Switch lineup is solid. There's a Square Enix RPG. There's a bunch of third-party support compared to the Wii U. It's just it's astronomically better, and I really think you should give the Switch a chance. Like... If, if you think about it also, the PS4 had an abysmal launch. All it had was Killzone, and I mm-hmm. don't care about Killzone. I didn't either. Yeah, but other than that, we have uh, on May 19th here in the States and in April 20th in Japan, we have Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia coming out. That is a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden for the SNES. It's going to be on the 3DS, and I'm very excited because that is a very good game that I think a lot of people missed out on for it being a Japan-only snes era game Mm -hmm. personally i have a translated card and i think you do too actually i think so yeah yeah but it's really good uh we also have injustice 2 coming out on the 16th of may with uh a few pre-order bonuses uh like skins and such i think that's going to be a good game i like i love dc comics Mm -hmm. so i'm going to pick it up i don't know what system i'm going to pick it up for yet but i'm going to pick it up and Hopefully it's good. I'm not a huge fighting game fan, but I enjoyed the first one. I'm not a huge fighting game fan either, but it's personally one of my least favorite. I don't know. I just, like, a lot of the characters just seem broken with the range and whatnot. I just never could really get the combat down right. Yeah, I'm hoping that's going to be fixed in this one, because I thought it was a very unfinished game, but I still enjoyed it enough. Um, Also, one game that I'm kind of looking forward to is Sonic Mania. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a, we'll do, like, a full... You'll know in like the next few episodes we do like a lot more about our game tastes, but I'm a huge Sonic fan. I love the classic Sonic, and I love the 3D Sonics mm-hmm. to a degree. Yeah. Obviously, I don't like 06 because nobody does, <laughs> but I like uh, Adventure 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and Sonic Mania seems to be bringing back the classic feel of the original 1, 2, 3, and technically 4. Yeah. So I'm excited to see if that's a good game. And then we have an unannounced, or not unannounced, unnamed sonic project that's going to be on a lot of consoles including the switch late 2017 and that's a 3d sonic so i'm very much looking forward to seeing if they can save 3d sonic once and for all (laughs) and not make this another sonic boom or werewolf or anything else kooky or way out there i have a i say this but i've said this like the past six times i have a feeling they've learned i i hope so i really hope they've learned because if not this is literally their last (laughs) with me. i want to love sonic i Mm. really do but I'm just, I'm getting fed up as a fan. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I think we covered everything. And uh, I look forward to reviewing Persona 5 next yeah. time we do this. And yeah. hopefully a few others. I want to get more into Andromeda to see how the patch goes and actually finish the story to see like more or less if it's like actually worthwhile worthwhile or not. Yes. So. so let us know in the comments uh, what you want us to discuss. We can discuss anything from retro games to new games to what we think about a specific game. So just let us know what you want us to talk about, and we'll take you. We'll take your thoughts into consideration. So uh, I've been Ryan, and I've been John, and thank you for joining us for our first episode of Two Guys in Video Games. See you guys later. All right, bye.